Thank you so much, Brittany and Jedediah. Thank you guys. Forward. Yeah, so uh, Jedediah is our number one candidate uh, for our new uh, worship leader, for those of you who don't know. So, uh, yeah, he did. It was a beautiful job. Really, I didn't like his r- resume that much, but... Um, <laughs> He essentially has Jedi in his first name. So I'm like, all right, he must be the guy, right? So we're, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know if he knows me well enough to know that I'm joking around. Okay. So um, I wanted you to think about what is um, one of the best gifts that you have ever received from a friend from a friend. Think about that for a moment. What would be the, the best gift? If you were, think back over your life, that, that best gift, that one gift, you say, oh, this was the best gift. Um, I have a, a more spiritual and profound answer for you, and I also have a shallow and materialistic answer. I thought I'd share both, right? Okay. Uh, first, the, the, the little bit deeper of one. This is really probably the best gift a, a friend ever gave me. Uh, when my dad passed away, we were uh, church planting outside of San Diego, and my dad passed away, and, and my friend, who's a sacred friend, um, still is to this day, his name is Bill, I call him Milner, um, he was leading a retreat, and he... Uh, he was the speaker of the retreat, but he blazed down to San Diego, Chula Vista, um, two-hour drive just to be with me for 15 minutes. And then he went on to that. And the gift of his presence, I'll still remember that. It was, uh, it was just this beautiful gift that he gave. I, I saw him and I just wept. Uh, yeah, so, so that was the deeper answer. Now the more shallow answer. I also have another sacred friend who is a part of this congregation and just recently he gave me this. You, yeah, you realize it's not a Broncos jersey. It's a, it's a Trubisky jersey. Does it get better than that? Right? Wow. Now, is in, should I wear this for the message or would that be distracting? I think I, maybe I'll just lay it over a music stand. Would that be, could you just, just shield your eyes if that's too hard for you? As incredible as that gift is, I want to talk about one of the most amazing gifts given by a sacred friend. And a gift that's not just for me, but is for you and each of us who would call ourselves Christians. We've been in this series on sacred friends. We know that that God is the heart of our sacred friendships, that he calls us to a different kind of relationships, a different kind of friendships that make up a sacred community, a kingdom community. We've been looking at different relationships between two people and seeing the dynamics of their relationships and how we might grow in our sacred friendships for one another because that really is gonna be the most profound testimony to the world.
is how we love one another and love the broken world, correct? Now, I don't know if it's dawned on you in this series that Jesus is the ultimate sacred friend, right? Not only do we take our cues from sacred friendship, but Jesus declares himself our friend. In fact, he says in John 15, 15, he says this, I no longer call you servants. That's not a, a high enough standard for you. He says, because a servant does not know his master's business, doesn't know the family business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. He says, servants is enough. I'm going to draw you in. And I'm going to call you, each and every one of you, sacred friends. And did you know that sacred friends love to give good gifts? Don't you love to give good gifts to your friends and your family? Jesus loves to give us many gifts, many beautiful gifts. God the Father is the gift giver. And this Sunday, we are going to talk about what the Bible kind of relates to as the gift. God gives us many gifts, a variety of gifts, but in, in the uh, actually Old and New Testament talks about the gift. And we're going to talk about the gift. This Sunday, the special Sunday, if you've already heard, we're celebrating Pentecost where the Spirit of God fell upon the disciples and essentially began the movement of his church. And we are going to talk about that gift of Pentecost. The gift of Pentecost. And this gift, I believe, has been tragically misunderstood. That is not talked about enough. It's been tragically um, undertaught or mistaught. And so we want to humbly open up the scriptures and, and learn a little bit about the gift of Pentecost this morning. But we want to do something more than that. All right, Jesus and the Father are the gift givers, the gift of Pentecost. But here's an amazing thing, that you and I get to play a role in giving that sacred gift to one another. That we get to join the Father and the Son in giving the gift. So at the end of the service, if you're comfortable, we're gonna invite each of us forward, and, and we're going to pray kind of like communion style for the gift of Pentecost. But I want us to unpack that for, for just a moment. And here's kind of something fun we're going to do. We're going to do a mash up between our Sacred Friends series and Pentecost Sunday. Does that sound fun? And we're going to look at a sacred relationship of Paul and Timothy. All right, you can turn, if you've brought your Bibles, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And, and uh, Paul and Timothy were for sure sacred friends. And a part of their relationship was the gift of Pentecost. But to understand that, we're going to do a little bit of a background 
and a little bit of a Bible study, a little bit different this morning, a little bit of a Bible study leading up to 2 Timothy 1. Okay, now you can hold your, find 2 Timothy 1, put your finger in it, we'll read that in just a moment, but I want us to learn a few things about the gift of Pentecost. One, the gift of Pentecost was promised from long ago, promised by the Father in the Old Testament and promised by Jesus in the New Testament, all right, in in uh, Acts 1, the beginning of Acts, uh, Jesus said this. On one occasion, Jesus, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. My father promised. He's probably referencing a number of Old Testament scriptures, but specifically Joel 2, when he says in, in the new day, the new covenant the Spirit will be poured out on all people. God said that. The Father said that. In the Old Testament, Jesus saying, remember, he said that. Now wait in Jerusalem, which you have heard me speak about. Jesus also spoke about the gift. For John baptized with water, but in a uh, a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Part of the misunderstanding is we've only heard and understood and been taught about baptism with water, okay? Baptism with water is a symbol, a very important sacrament that relates to salvation, the gift of salvation and new life. When most of you, perhaps not all of you, but most of you ask Jesus into your life, What happened spiritually is the Spirit of God entered in and brought new life. And then when you're baptized with water, that represents that new life, the washing away of sins, right? And the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ living within you, that means you are a Christian. All right, now that is baptism with water. What what? Jesus is talking about is a baptism with the Holy Spirit. Baptism with the Spirit is actually not about salvation. It's about power. Empowerment of the Spirit to live life and ministry in the kingdom of God. Of God. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 24. He said, um, actually, Jedediah mentioned this at the opening of the service. I am going to send you what my father has promised, promise of the father, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. See, the, the baptism of the spirit is for people who are Christians for people who are walking already with Jesus. The baptism, the spirit, and the filling of the spirit is the power that we need to live this life and minister the kingdom of God, okay? Now, 
He says this, and he says, wait in Jerusalem. Let me just read you the Pentecost event, the festival of Pentecost. This is Acts 2, 1 through 4. Just listen. When the day of Pentecost came, right, they're obeying Jesus. They heard Jesus, the promise of the Father, the gift that he wants to give. Are they Christians at this point? Yes, they are. They are Christians. But he says, I know you're Christians. I know you have, you're walking with me, your relationship, but you need power for this kingdom life. Life in God's kingdom. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other Actually, tongues is a poor translation. The same Greek word is used for tongues or languages. And what they were doing is they were speaking in other languages of people groups. And, um, and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled. We know it's other languages. That's been a wrong teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That the gift of tongues is the sign baptism of the spirit it's not in fact when jesus was baptized with the spirit did he speak in tongues he didn't when when they were baptized initially they weren't speaking in tongues they were speaking in other languages we know that because the jews from around the known world were in uh, jerusalem for the pentecost and they heard his his glory being proclaimed in their own language it's a gift of the spirit of other languages so they were declaring that all right happened. So they experienced this, this gift that was promised in the Old Testament by the Father, in the New Testament by the Son, and now we're going to learn that this gift wasn't just for a few people, but this gift of Pentecost was for everybody. Regular people like you and me that, that struggle with sin that aren't perfect, that struggle with faith. Doesn't matter. Well, let me read. Uh, Peter, he uh, presents, so this draws a crowd, as you might imagine. And all these people, in fact, thousands coming. What is going on with these uh, uh, disciples, they're like proclaiming the glory of God in our own language. And Peter stands up and he proclaims the gospel. It's powerful. You can read it in chapter two, the rest of the chapter two. And he brings in all these scriptures and the spirit has anointed him to proclaim. And it says that the people are cut to the heart because of the gospel presentation that Jesus is the Messiah. And they say, what should we do? And listen closely to, to Peter's invitation. It teaches us a little bit about the, pen, the gift of Pentecost. He says, this is what you should do. Repent and be baptized. He's actually talking about baptism with water because he says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what he's saying. Ask Christ in. He wants to come in. And then as a sign of faith, that physical sign is baptized with water and you are a Christian. 
oftentimes gospel invitations stop there with the invitation. Peter goes on. So I think we should go on. Should we go on? He's going to talk about something else. And, and you will receive what? The gift. What gift? Are you sure it wasn't the Chicago Bears jersey? Because that would have been sweet at that moment. The gift. Right? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, is this about salvation? No, that's baptism with water. So this is about power. And listen to the promise. Remember, he talks about the gift of Pentecost as a gift and a promise. This promise is only for a select few. This gift is only for men. What? I... This gift is only for the rich. This gift is only for Jewish people. I don't say that. Incredibly, he says, this promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Has the Lord called you? Yes. Then is this gift for you? Okay. All right. As long as we're together. So the gift is promised Old and New Testament. The gift is for everyone. It includes everyone. Look at your neighbor and say, this gift is for you. This gift, yeah, it's for you. Don't pass, don't miss this gift. Don't not unwrap this gift. Now, we're gonna get to to, uh, Paul and Timothy in just a moment, but I wanna spend just a little bit of time with uh, Peter, okay? So, how this is gonna unfold, uh, I wanna learn a little bit more about this gift is uh, Philip is gonna go to Samaria. They are half Jew, half Gentile, okay? And Philip does this incredible ministry that he's, he's teaching, he's sharing, he shares the gospel and the Samaritans give their life to Jesus Christ and they are baptized with water. The apostles in Jerusalem are so excited. They're like, that is awesome that he did that work. And they send Peter and John to check out the work and they see Christians, but they go, hey, where's the power? And they, what are you talking about? Oh, Philip, he's doing miracles. That's why we, in part why we believe. He said, no, 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 no. Philip gets to be empowered, but did you know that you, regular Samaritan folk, get the gift of Pentecost? And so what they do, we have that Acts 8. They lay hands on, they lay hands on the Samaritans. Oh, before that scripture, they lay hands on the Samaritans. They're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we begin to see those manifestations. And then there's a magician, Simon. And he saw, when, it says, when Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands... He offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, it wasn't a nice answer, 
May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. The gift of Pentecost can only be received by faith. It doesn't take a a special prayer. It it doesn't take a, a great feat like scaling Mount Everest. I wouldn't recommend that right now, actually. It doesn't take a a special anything. It just takes a heart that's open, that wants more of God. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And so this, this promise was not only, this gift was promised, this gift is for everyone, and the gift can only be Received. The gift of Pentecost is nothing that you can buy and you can't have a particular level of righteousness for it. If that were the case, I don't think any of us would be able to receive the gift. Is that fair to say? It's just a gift of grace from the Father. Now let's turn to 2 Timothy 1, 3, and 8 with that background in mind. And and we know that Paul had this beautiful relationship with Timothy. He saw him as a spiritual son. And he loved him. In fact, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, all the books are about Paul encouraging Timothy as the leader of the church. And Timothy was leading a church in Ephesus and there's different times later in 2 Timothy he's gonna give Timothy a charge, do the work, because it was hard work, it was discouraging work and, and he loved Timothy. Look at verse three, it says this. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you, Timothy, in my prayers, recalling your tears, probably when they separated. Timothy wept because he wanted to be near Paul. That wasn't God's call. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. We, we hear the sacred friendship between Paul and Timothy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Right, these beautiful words. He's affirming, he's a blessing Timothy with his faith. He's seen it in his family. Now he's gonna give him a little bit of charge. He's not gonna waste any time. He's written this letter because he needs to encourage Timothy. He says this, look at verse six with me. For this reason, you've got the faith. I've seen it in your grandmother, your mother, and you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame or flames the... Hmm, that's interesting. The gift, what's Paul talking about here? He's talking about the gift of Pentecost. In fact, we've seen this. We'll see more of it too. He says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See that? 
For the Spirit of God, pretty clear he's talking about the gift of Pentecost, right? Laying on the hands, the gift of God. For the Spirit of God gave, gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, gives us love, gives us self-discipline. And Timothy, you need all three of these in a fresh way. Right? So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. He's probably facing persecution. Or of me, his prisoner. Paul writing this probably from jail. Rather join with me in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. He's called us to live a holy life. He is saying to Timothy, he said, Timothy, you've got the gift. Remember, we experience this together. The laying out of my hands, the gift of Pentecost. But brother, you gotta fan that into flame because you need it. I know you're struggling. But God has given you resources, Timothy. Resources to live the life he's called you to live. Holy and righteous. To live the ministry, to, to proclaim the gospel. Even when it's hard and you're suffering, God has given you the resources, the gift of this resource. So let's make a few observations about this gift that Paul is referencing here. The first and perhaps most important, the huge point is that does, did Timothy receive the gift of Pentecost? Yes. The gift of the Spirit? He did. But what is Paul telling him to do? Fan into flames. This is a gift that God wants to keep on giving. This is a gift that he, that this is, he, um, this is seen in many different places in scripture. Like 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. You don't take a drink and say, you know what, I'm all good for the rest of my life. Right? Do we do that with water? No. The streams of living water is the spirit we're told in John 7. He says, Paul is saying part of the Christian life is we drink and we drink again. In Ephesians 5, Paul says, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with alcohol. Keep being filled. It's a, it's a different analogy. He's saying keep on being filled. Keep praying for the work of the Spirit. In John 3.34, Jesus says, God gives the Spirit without limit. You can look it up. John 3.34. Have you reached the limit of God's Spirit? No, 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 I'm only gonna give this much to you. He wants to give the Spirit without limit. So fan into flames, keep on drinking, whatever analogy you would use. Have you ever, have you been camping recently and you've ever started a fire, right? And you start with the little twigs, those of you that don't cheat with fire, uh, you know, the liquid, but you're there and you're, 
right? Sometimes you get, or if you're trying to restart a fire, right? The embers are there and you just got to get the right and you get oxygen and you're blowing. This is an analogy of what Paul is saying to Timothy and to you and to me. He says, blow on it, allow, because you need it. You need it. Now here's another huge point, and that is this. Not only does he say that we get to fan into flames, um, but he says three specific things, and I think these three specific things are important for us. He says, Timothy, because I think we need these as well. Would you pray, Timothy, fan into flames the gift of Pentecost for power, for love, and for self-discipline? Does anyone here in this room need any of those three things? Power, love, and self-discipline. So in other words, he's saying, Timothy, you need these things. SCC, you need these things. You get to ask and drink of the resource that God has already placed in you. And we're going to give this chance this morning. Would you ask the question this morning, if you could get a dose of power, of love, and of self-discipline. What would you ask for this morning? Choose one, just this morning. Choose one. All right, now, let's talk about these real briefly. Power. I want us to understand power in this way. I was thinking of um, Moses. When Moses, he was uh, leading the, the nation of Israel in the desert, and he is getting tired, he's getting fatigued, the work is too taxing, and he gets a little whiny with the Lord, right? He starts whining, and God says, okay, you shouldn't do it by yourself, all right? I'm going to give you, why don't you choose 70 elders from the, the big, uh, big group of Israelites, and choose those 70, Right, And then I will help them alleviate the work. And listen to what God says. This is how he's going to help uh, Moses via the 70 elders. This is Numbers eleven seventeen. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the... Power of the Spirit. That's in the Old Testament, isn't that cool? power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. The gift of Pentecost is about empowerment for life and ministry. Did I pray for a fresh empowerment to preach to you this morning? You betcha. I don't want to do it on my own strength. That's not going to be very good, right? So I prayed as I do every morning, a fresh empowerment to, to speak to you today. I, I long for the power of Pentecost to happen when I'm ministering, just like the 70 elders 
back in the ancient times, prayed for that fresh ministry of preaching, of leadership, and for service, that we can pray and ask for one another when we need the presence of God, the power of God. I'd also say power in this way. Paul gets at this at the end of our 2 Timothy passage. He says, you're suffering, you can do it in the power of God. Who knows that sometimes life is a struggle and we're weary and it's difficult and we feel like giving up. Do you ever feel like giving up? This past week, felt like giving up, to be completely honest with you. And so I prayed, Lord, I need be my rock and my foundation. Be my strong tower. Be my shield. Would you bring a fresh infilling of your spirit to help me face the struggle I feel in the day-to-day? Maybe some of you need to join me this morning in praying for power the phrase intestinal fortitude I think that sounds a little gross I like internal fortitude better God help me the internal fortitude talk a moment about love it says fan into flames the love do you remember when we talked about Jonathan and David we're told in 1 Samuel that story we read it together a couple of weeks ago Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself that was this supernatural love that, that God gave him in that way Paul goes on to say this in Philippians. He says, therefore, if I have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, saying this is the, what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to bless us with unity. He wants to bless us with love, sacrificial love. He wants to do that in our midst. Do you ever struggle to love people? Do you ever struggle to love people that are closest to you? Yes? Your kids, your spouses. Right? There, there's a Sometimes we, we struggle with that dynamic. Do you ever struggle with the people you know you're supposed to love, but you really don't want to? The enemies. The coworker who, who backstabbed you. The neighbor who's just plain annoying and rude. Good thing the second greatest commandment isn't love your neighbor, or we'd be in trouble, right? do you think Timothy needed a filling of God's love Romans 5, 5 the Holy Spirit pours his love out into our hearts saying Timothy pray it again receive it again I know these people are difficult 
this church. Pray. Fan into flames. The love of God to fill your soul and overflow. And then finally, self-discipline. We don't really need that one. Should I skip that one? Yeah. Well, just for you all, I don't really need. The Greek word here is soundness of mind. Moderation. Self-control. That's what the Greek word is. Beautiful word that Paul chose. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, what he wants to bear. Galatians 5, you know it. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Spirit wants to do that. Sometimes we need the self-control to not to do the things we know are inconsistent with God. Yes? Yeah? When it, when it gets hard and we mess up, those, those unhealthy habits like smoking or gossip or whatever, you fill in the unhealthy ha- habit. What that you need to break because you know it's not good of God. Or the addictions, pornography or alcohol, the, the unhealthy patterns of thinking, cynicism, judgmentalism, anger, whatever those things that are not of God and you know you're not supposed to, but we struggle, right? We fall into those unhealthy patterns. We fall into those addictions and those habits. Pray for more of the spirit of self-discipline. Sometimes we need more discipline to do the things we know that we're called to do, the spiritual things of reading scripture, of praying, of taking Sabbath rest, right? And we just, life gets busy, right? But help me to live according to your sacred rhythms. Okay. What I wanted to do this morning is here also is the thing about the gift of Pentecost. Many of you have received that gift of Pentecost, but we get to pray for a fresh infilling of that gift. Would you like to do that this morning? But I don't want to preach about it. I want to experience it. I'd like to invite the, the worship team forward and the elders forward. And here's what we're going to try, if it's okay with you. I'll just give you, again, if you don't want to come forward, I want you to feel comfortable. You don't have to, Okay but we're going to try and do this in somewhat of a way of communion. Like communion, we all have the rhythm of coming forward and taking communion, right? Some of us don't. We hold back. That's okay. So we're going to have um, seven elders and leaders that are there, and so uh, it goes a little bit faster. I want to invite the whole congregation, if you're comfortable, to come forward, and I'd like you to to tell the elder or leader one thing. Would you just say one word? Here's your options. Power, love, and you were paying attention, yes. (laughs) Let's go over that again. Power, love, Self-discipline. What do you need this morning? Fruit. 
If you want to do all three, Mike, you can. But, but we're trying to flow, okay? So, so here's the flow. I want you to come forward, and if you can, choose one of those. What's your greatest need right now? If you're comfortable, you saw the, the laying on of hands, a physical symbol of a spiritual reality. We're just going to do that, that physical. The elders, leaders will just place hands on your shoulders, if that's okay, ever so lightly. They'll listen for a moment, and they'll pl- pray one or two sentence prayers. It's not going to be a long prayer. It's just going to be a prayer of blessing, of fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to be prayed for longer at the end of the service, after the benediction, they would love to pray for you longer. But this is just going to, then you can do all three, Mikey. But this time we're just going to do one, right? So you're just going to share a word, what you need. The options are and and they'll listen and they'll pray one or two sentences, okay? And you can go to any line that you want. Um, maybe spread out a little bit just so there's separate lines. Okay, let's pray. So Father, we, uh, we are so thankful that you draw straight lines with crooked sticks. We don't get how this all works together. But Lord, I, I, I trust that we've heard you today. You know us and you love us and you want to resource us with all that you have, all your gifts, especially the gift of your spirit. So Lord, we need you. This is a confessional time. We just need, we do need all three, your power, of your love, of your self-discipline. Would you help us to fan into flames the gift of Pentecost, your gift and your power? Come, Holy Spirit, manifest your presence and power in our midst. We sing together just as you feel led. Would you come and be prayed for?